It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, just a quick note before we get started on BGN Radio's episode on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Had a lot of fun with Trey Thomas and BLG. However, it is live radio and sometimes you just got to take the pulse of what's going on. So we did a, a very mixed mosh version of bgn radio we basically called it brian gone now radio in reference to brian colangelo and his story so there is a lot of sixers talk on this particular episode uh right in the beginning we do make some comparisons to it to howie roseman and things like that but if you uh don't want any sixers talk in your feed you can skip ahead to the fifty nine thirty. Uh, minute mark 59 minutes 30 seconds is when uh, we get into all eagles and just eagles stuff and trey thomas has some pretty interesting quotes about uh what his conversations were like with you know big v and jordan mylata jason peters all that stuff so it was a fun episode if you're a fan of both teams um i was a little upset so that's on there too but uh, again if you want to skip ahead forward to 59 30 that is where you're going to find just eagles talk for that hope you guys enjoyed the the episode and here you go bgn radio live on the air june 2nd uh this past saturday 94 wip fm hd1 philadelphia from the tasty cake studios this is bgn radio on sports radio 94 wip Good afternoon, everybody. It is incredibly humid and hot today, but uh, we are glad to be in the WIP studios. John Barcher to Brandon Lee Gowton, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Trey Thomas is here with us this after what? No golf course thing today? No golf today. Okay. Bad. Hold on. Let me turn on my. Come on, dude. Mo had an incredible, bad, incredible know. Brian Dawkins drop beforehand, and he doesn't turn on the mic. Look at that. So, uh, uh, yeah. Trey usually is great at turning on his my own bad. mic. You know, I was sitting up here trying to send my wife a quick text real quick. And then well, I tell like, her we said hello to Yeah, so I will. Tell her thank you. Yes, yes. Brandon Lee Gunn, what's happening, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, it is, uh, listen, 
Let no one convince you that the new Kanye record is good because it is not. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, it's bad. So I don't agree with that necessarily. No, it's terrible. But the new Black Thought is an absolute uh, must have. And if you're not helping your fellow Philadelphian, you're doing it wrong, which is uh, kind of a, a mixed bag of tricks of what we're going to get into today for sure. We're excited about a lot of things. As you heard, Glenn and Ray were down at Delaware Park. Legal NFL betting happens Tuesday at 1.30. We might be down there as well to kind of celebrate the occasion, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, we are going to get into a lot of different Eagle stuff. Uh, however, <laughs> this this Brian Colangelo thing, uh, we are going to pay very much attention to because <laughs> I've never heard about anything like this before in my life at this high of a level. You know, there's burner accounts everywhere. KD, you would expect players to have burner accounts all over the place. In fact, I think our own Michael Kist found uh, Byron Maxwell's burner account from years ago, okay. uh, too, with some nice investigative reporting that we'll uh, we'll touch on a little bit as well. But, Trey, I'm just going to ask you, as a former athlete, if, if Howie Roseman, during your playing career, or whoever it was, if there was an executive in the front office that you knew had a burner account while you were playing and was essentially talking crap about you or supposedly his wife or whoever, what would that do to you or the locker room or whatever? I think it would, you know, it, it would cause some feelings that, you know, uh, guys would not, you already go into a situation a lot of times where you don't really trust the the main office, the front office. So you kind of, you know, you know that they are talking about you anyway behind closed doors. <laughs> right. But when you take it to, you know, posting it online and, you know, it's from pillow talk to now your wife is out there talking bad about yeah. me. You know, that could cause some big problems. And um, even guys that might not care about it, I think it's going to cause a divide in the locker room if you keep him there, you know, because that's – and you only have a situation where you only have, what, 15, 20 guys that's on the team. Like, what, what's it for yeah. NBA? It's 15 yeah. guys on the squad. So, you know, it's not like you have – it's not a lot of guys to divide in the locker room. So – I think you just have to get rid of them because it's just going to cause a bigger just distrust between the players and the office and the management. Would anybody in a free agency spot come to the Philadelphia Eagles if if they knew that the guy that's signing the contracts is doing that? I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking at if, how much they're paying me and, and if I'm going to get paid. I mean, I don't think it, it, anybody that's being super sensitive about what's being posted about you yeah. on social media is in the wrong business in the wrong era. Well, you know what I'm saying? So That's true. Yeah. I think it's a little different when it's your employer literally like yeah, sneaking yeah. some shots in there yeah. and trying to do that. Though. But at yeah. the end of the day, as long as that check is coming in, you're I good. don't care what you say about me. <laughs> you know, because you're going to say it anyway, but I do understand, you know, where guys would feel a certain type of way about it. And, you know, now I'm kind of feeling like, you know, I'm trying to think of a couple names for a couple different burner accounts that I might try to come up with so I can yeah. start bashing people. I'm, I'm thinking little Golf Tim, Club Nine. You know, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> you know, little Timmy's Giant Son or something like that. You know, I'm trying to figure a couple burner account names that I can come up with. Well, I guess, uh, I guess the cat's out of the bag already. So search for those if they're, you know, Somebody disagrees with you about the Eagles. You'll know who it's going to be. But uh, Brandon, we talked about this on, uh, on. I mean, it's it's a it's too large to ignore even on our own podcast at BGN underscore Radio. And we left you know twenty minutes of it or so, and we got into it. But now that it's uh, a couple days have passed, we've digested. There's actually before I get to that, there's been a little more because last night uh, Brian Michael Jacobs, who is a a and he even says it, so I'm not discouraging him at, at all. He goes. Resume, Brian Colangelo thinks I'm an established blogger. So he's already taken a shot at himself. Last night, uh, he had noticed that the Brian Colangelo 
burner account, the one that he admitted to, followed him like years ago, and he didn't realize it until this story kind of rolled out and came out. So this is, and I think there was a couple other people, there's some folks up in Toronto who had mentioned that Brian Colangelo is so incredibly like in his head, not only about articles that are written about him, but yeah. commenters. Like he's just like, oh, no, I have to go in and correct this. And no offense to Brian Michael Jacobs, who, uh, again, shout out to the com, which is apparently where he writes, but that's not happening uh, with even some of the main beat reporters that are in here or guys that have covered over at Liberty Ballers or anything like that. That, to me, was one of the strangest parts that we kind of learn more and more about this BLG, that uh, he's kind of crazy a little bit. If, it, if this, I mean, I, I tie that in. It's like, man, if you are going after... A kid who doesn't even live here. He lives in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina as a Sixers blogger. And you care so much about correcting him. And so does his apparently his wife. Like, <laughs> what is the deal here? Just like Trey saying, let it go. Who cares? Yeah, yeah I think Derek Bodner from The Athletic had even said, uh, and then a, a bunch of people, not just him, talking to people around the league, they're not surprised. Like They're, right. they, they're like, this doesn't surprise me. This is wow. his personality. This yeah. is a guy who really cares about his image a lot. And I get it. You know, it's a it's a high stakes business. How could you not? You know, perception is everything in this business. That's part of why he has to go. And I can't believe that we're sitting here at 110 <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. What's it now? Like three or four or five days, whatever it's been since Tuesday, I guess. And they haven't done anything yet. Like every second counts from here on out. The draft yeah. is in a couple weeks. Free agency starts in less than a month. Like what are they? Like what is the plan here? What are they going to do? Are they? Are, um, the only thing that I can think of is: Are they literally trying to make him resign so they save money that way, and so they don't have to like you know fire him and move on? And they're again not thinking of the long term view here of be decisive, have a backbone. This is stupid. This is crazy. Cut bait already, and who cares if you got to pay him, you know, for for whatever. You're going to make that up once you sell the team, which I kind of, I like, I just, that's how I feel as a fan about this thing. Sell the team. Like, if you're going to go in, and this has been a a crazy freaking charade already with two and a half years, and now you're going to have another GM and another GM in one of your most crucial times as an organization, and you're just standing here. Doing nothing, and it's and Twitter need, found the investigation out. If they hired a law firm, you don't need to anymore. Like yeah. that's what that's where I stand on this. Right? It's I'm with BLG. Make the move already. Yeah, I think you should make the move. And if, if if just to go ahead and just cut it out, you don't need this negativity around it. You don't need if you're trying to get LeBron James, you want to bring LeBron James in. We can't have LeBron James thinking about you know what his wife is. She doesn't like my outfit and my purse. That she's going to go out there and, and bash me on Twitter. Yeah. about it, about how I sashay off the stage. You know what I'm saying? You can't have that. You know, I need him to come in with a clear mind, but, you know, that's a whole other story. It's <laughs> just too much. I know. 888-729-9494. Maybe, uh, maybe there's something I'm missing here, but, like, this is, I don't know why they're waiting. Everybody knows it's happening. Once Woj says, and Keith Pompey, uh, who is just on Glenn and Ray, are just saying, like, yeah, uh, I mean, everybody, they're going to fire him. <laughs> and they're like, so why are you waiting? Why why are you letting the perception keep going and going and going while you have to go and sign free agents in, uh, what, a month and a half now or less than a month? Less than a month. Uh, yeah, because, oh, yeah, we're in June already. So there yeah. you go. Well, let's kick it off with Mark and Wayne. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. All right. He's dead man walking. He's got to go. But I'll tell you why he hasn't. 
because of Adam Silver, who screwed this whole damn oh, thing yeah. up. Oh, that's a great point, man. Yeah. yeah. And I want right? to talk about that. He doesn't, now he doesn't want to screw the NBA Finals. I would announce it before Game 2 and said we're bringing H- Sam Hinkie back. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't think Sam I mean, wants this job at all. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably not. But, but that friggin' space alien, Adam, uh, Adam Silver, Let's see how he ripped what what happened during the process. But if I just could for a minute, guys, sure. For the hypocritical NBA to do that, let's go back to the NBA engineering three number one picks to Cleveland in four years because LeBron left. Yeah, that was just fate. <laughs> let's go back to the 1980s, okay? When it came down to the Pacers and the Knicks to get Patrick Ewing. Yeah, that was fate too. He was really going to go to the Patriots. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Everybody knew on. that. Yeah, yes, yes, right. of course. So what a joke to come in and step on the Sixers. So I would show him no deference. I would make the move whenever I have to make it, get the right GM in here. Because as you guys said, if you want LeBron here, he's not going to come with that nitwit sitting back there picking at everybody. He's already lost the trust of the one of our two generational players. Joel, right? Who's a big? And I think it's because Joel's a big process guy. I mean, to even think you would trade Joel for Porzingis, I mean, the guy's out of his mind. Yeah, it's just, and it's the same. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Mark, and that's you know, BLG. He touched on something there that is, I, I, I think it's a big part of this, and that's why it wasn't even necessarily the firing of Sam Hinkie. It's just how. It looks the NBA obviously got involved at some point and said, you got to move on from this thing. Yeah, it's right on. And you say sell the team, John. To me, it's it's bigger than that. It's not the owners. It's the league. It is Dave Silver who <laughs> and the collective group of NBA owners who he represents as commissioner. You are all pathetic because you were the ones who forced out Sam Hinkie, who a lot of people loved here, and he did have things going in the right direction. And by the way, we even know that now because we saw how good Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid yep. are and Dario Sarts and all those moves he made are the only thing keeping this team up. Nothing Colangelo has done has really been any hey, significant. Hey, hey, Marco Bellinelli. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But like beyond this year, I'm <laughs> yeah, saying like yeah, there's exactly. no long-term. Other than this one year, there is no kind of long-term thing that he has put in place. These guys are pathetic for forcing Hinky out because of an quote-unquote image problem because of tanking and everything, yeah. and they bring in a guy who makes their credibility even worse. How do you? What do you do as a fan when you're reacting to that? You're looking at this and you're like, "Man, the league screwed my team over." They, they you know, they came in and look. We all accepted it at some kind of level because we we're like, "Okay, there's still some kind of hope here." Sam Hinkie built up so many assets, and and we had Embiid, and it's like we can still make this work. But then they brought in this guy who was supposed to restore credibility and be the guy who, you know, like kind of saves face on a public image. And they made it 10 times worse. Sam Henke, this would have never happened with him. They made it worse, way worse than it ever had to be. And I think, like I said, Dave Silver and the whole collective group of NBA owners should be embarrassed. Uh, Dave Silver is uh, obviously a reference to the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. So that's the Adam Silver is the low key joke there. But I mean, Try you're you're hearing the the fire and ire of of us right now. That's legitimate though, right? I mean, yeah. if the league comes in and and asks you to like, hey, we have an image problem, and a guy that they present to you is supposed to be transparent, a lot more communicative 
Uh, it has been the opposite of those things. And not only on top of that, he is literally going on social media to try and get his message out rather than talking to anybody about it. Exactly. And I mean, it, just, it doesn't help, help the image problem. It makes it, like you said, 10 times worse. And then, you, you, you know... You bring in folks, and you're hoping that folks can, it will pan out. But right yeah. now, you know, he's doing cartwheels and everything else that he's posting on social media. So you talk about an image issue that's going on with the team, an identity issue that's going on. There's a lot going on right now that's just swirling around that complex and around that organization that just needs to be fixed. And you can start it by going ahead and getting him out of the way, and let's start getting ready for free agency and, and, and moving forward. 888-729-9494 if you want to get in. And I got to say, I can't help but think like this is it, it's too obvious. So if we can find this on Twitter in 24 hours, I'm not going to put a, a humongous tinfoil hat on here, but somebody had to tip these guys off yeah. because no one, no one had a clue that this was happening. And, you know, uh, Ben Dietrich from the ringer obviously has uh, been the, uh, the mainstay of why we're talking about this. And it's great reporting by him to kind of stick with this thing. Cause he got wind of it back in January and now it's, and it's here, and the timing of it seems odd to me is all. You know what? My thing is, and I keep going back to this, he never talked to his wife during any of this? <laughs> yeah. Like, during none of this, his wife didn't say, hey, you know what? I had your back on this thing, and, you know, and I pu- pushed and on this, this one, out there. And on this one, yeah, and on this one, I mean, one, this yeah. never came up in conversation, nothing. I mean, you had absolutely no clue. Well, that's what I'm saying. With the it blo- has to be. With the blogger that I just talked about where his, where Brian Colangelo's a burner account was following him. Yeah. His supposed wife's accounts also followed him and had those conversations oh, yeah, in that. See. So that's like the smoking gun. That's why yeah. I'm going like right there, right there. If Brian Colangelo's burner account is following you and then you have his wife tweeting at this blogger about issues, they knew about yeah, it. There's about no it. way yeah. that you can get that anywhere else. What are we doing? Like, what is happening here? This is ridiculous. And to me, listen, yes. I don't think there are, I think there are some people in that building that did not want Brian Colangelo in there. And I think this is the result of it. I think if you have an opportunity to go and bury him and say goodbye and get rid of him, this is it. Because how do you do that after a 52 win season? You yeah. can't. So you, this has to come out in order for this action to go in. Moshe, you got something? Well, I, I was just, I was thinking about, you know, him and his wife and whether or not he knew from the start that his wife had these accounts. I'm just kind of picturing like, him, Brian Colangelo comes home and says, Barbara, they're being so mean to me. They criticize the <laughs> Nerlens Noel trade. And she just walks out of the room with this sly smile on her face and goes on Twitter to defend him. Like, did he know from the start? Was he just kind of crying? But no, you're, it's you're probably right. probably happened over dinner. It's, it's just like, could you I'm, read this one? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm honestly very curious. I, and I don't rem- I mean, we've dealt with uh, a f- basically forced sale of a team previously in recent years with the Los Angeles Clippers, but that's what it boils down to. You guys were saying it earlier. It's not just Brian Colangelo right now. It's since Andrew Bynum and even before them with guys like Adam Aaron and before that Billy King and the ownership of this team just mishandling everything, absolutely everything. At what point does... Somebody, I don't know exactly how it works. I have to say, we need to force a sale of this team. Adam Silver, you messed up. How do you up. do? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, how I, do you do I'm, that? Then you have to when, find another when commissioner. The NBA has put the team in this situation. Is the is the bigger problem? Yeah, here. man. It's yeah, not yeah. just because of Jerry Colangelo and Brian Colangelo. Well, that's true. To that, and you're hearing that like Jerry's defending this stuff, and like there, who who came out with that? Wasn't there somebody that was saying that Jerry was? 
trying to say you owe me one here and keep Brian in this position? Which is ridiculous. The Sixers owe Jerry Clangelo nothing. <laughs> Unbelievable. They owe, they owe him a paycheck if they're employing him. That's all they owe him. They this don't is anything a, more than that. And I'm, I'm begging if anyone from the Sixers organization is listening to my voice right now, you had us on a silver platter. You, we, we, we were ready to eat everything from what you were giving us right now. Everything. And you guys weren't even the ones pushing it. There were people at this station that created a bond, a cult-like image, to literally follow you wherever you dragged us to. And now this is the crap that we have to deal with. This is amazingly horrid. There's no other way to put it, guys. End it. Kill them. Get rid of them and move on. It's out. Figuratively. I don't actually, don't actually mean no, I meant, like kill his job. I apologize for that coming out. I'm just fired up. But good Lord, like where are we at now? This is ridiculous. It's betrayal. It, it's, it is. It is. Like, betrayal how are we ever, is the only word that comes to mind. How are we ever supposed to trust this ownership group ever? That's that's where I'm standing. Eight, eight, or eight. the league. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe what you were referring to with Jerry Colangelo maybe was a, there was a quote that came out this week that he basically to, told the NBA even before they, Adam Silver forced him on the Sixers, he told the Sixers a few times, like two or three times, hire Brian, hire Brian, bring him in, so replace Sam Hinkie with him, get the league, do this for the Sixers, and then they brought in Jerry, and then they brought in Brian. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, weigh in. I don't know. It's crazy. We're an Eagles show talking about the Sixers because we have to. 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowden, John Barchard, Moshe Behind the Glass, right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio, which we are transforming into Brian Gone Now Radio uh, for the next... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hour and a half or so. 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, Veteran Chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. John Barchard, all hanging out with you. Want to get uh, kind of how you're feeling now, because th- as this goes on, like at first it was so hilarious to me. Like I was dying laughing about all of this mm, 48 hours ago. I thought it was just so funny. I was like, oh, oh man, this is great. He's going to get fired and it'll blow over. And then we can start fresh and that's fine and I can accept that. But now like the longer and longer this pros- pro- uh, prolongs, I just get... Uh, a little more fired up, as uh, you might have noticed in the last segment there. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Tom in North Wales. What's up, Tom? Yo, guys. Great show. Thanks, buddy. Hi. So, I, I, I just got, I'm, I'm, I'm no private investigator, but if everybody believes, and I, and, and I think everybody's got a pretty good idea that Colangelo's wife was running those other accounts, yeah. right? Yeah, at least, yeah, because the, the reason that it, it came out was, um, you know, her name and email and address were in like some school bulletin that you know was gotten there and then all those counts were linked to both of those things so yeah it's right. kind of hard not so, to think that so so to me the thing goes did colangelo know that his wife was doing this and to me the the the, the proof is when the ringer called about the two accounts mm-hmm. 15 minutes later all five went down it's <laughs> right so he had to have called his wife and said hey pull those accounts down lock them up lock them up Make sure that nobody goes in there. And yet, um, because there were some that were still following them, like there's, there, he still saw a lot of those tweets. And the right. reason why, like the biggest one, the Eric Junior account, which is 
you know, becoming like a cultural icon. That was, uh, I don't know if everybody saw the dude uh, at the Phillies game last night changing his shirts every that inning. Was that, was, that was awesome. So shout out. I think <laughs> I like the 91 one. Yeah, I that was perfect. Yeah, that was yeah. subtle because I, yeah. I even was like, wait, what's the 91? Oh, it's her phone number. It's the end of her phone number. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, th- this brings me to my second point. Yeah. Trey, I got a question for you. Yes. So, so, so historically, defensive ends, right, they take a little while to develop. Uh-huh. And, uh, and our man on the right side there, the young boy, Derek Barnett, uh-huh. he's a playmaker. And as he gets older, I just see a superstar. But, I mean, t- I want to hear what you have to th- uh, say about him. Oh, definitely. I think Derek Barnett, he's definitely coming along a lot, you know, extremely fast. You know, especially he's learning a lot from Chris Long as well. Definitely. Having someone like Chris Long across from him really helps him out a lot, I think. Um, you can see that, you know, he's starting to understand that, as a pass rusher, you have to you have to initiate the contact. You know, a lot of young DNs when they come in, they try to run away from the guy. They try to use their speed and just think that they're going to run away from everybody. But you can see he's starting to mix it up a little bit, where he's attacking, where he might come in with a bull rush, clean hands, and he still needs to work on his spin move a little bit. But he's starting to get a lot more craftier with his moves and how to time it up. And he's only twenty one still. Which yeah. Is, yeah, he doesn't have like that full grown man yeah. strength, right? Like this is going to be his second year in the NFL, so you. You, you think he has more than his rookie year, but still, I mean, he still has so much room to grow. Uh, one thing I wanted to clear up on the, those accounts, and I think it's an important distinction, is that Dietrich only told the Sixers about two of them. I'm Correct. guessing that's the one that was Calandolo's actual account, which, which he confirmed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I'm guessing the other one is Eric Jr., which didn't get locked. It did not. The three ones that he didn't tell them about, those ones that the Sixers didn't even know Dietrich knew about, those got locked because they were probably like, okay, he knows about these two, don't do anything, but he uh, he doesn't know about these ones, so shut those down. Uh, yeah, so actually there's a there's a cut of uh, of Dietrich explaining how this all kind of shook out here. Oh, sorry, I my bad motion. I went to the team and I asked about those accounts. And then they came back to me and they're like, yeah, you know, it's not Eric Jr. And then they were like, Phila, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, that is him. And then after that occurred, I was watching those accounts, the other three, just sitting there and I was refreshing them and, you know, every few minutes. And then I saw steel balling go down and it went to private. Then a few minutes later, I checked back and I saw Honest Abe go down and enough cone sources also. So within a I would say a 15 to 20 minute period, at least while I was watching, they went down. And that was the exact same time when Brian Colangelo was notified by <laughs> the Sixers representative. What an idiot. Yeah. What an idiot. Like, you know, and it's just, and that's, that's exactly it. Uh, but that, yeah, that one. If they didn't touch Eric him at Judy all, account, I mean, like been, that, been, yeah. then, then it would have yeah. been more mysterious. Yeah. He's yeah. that guy, you know, hey, yeah. hey we've been caught. You know, <laughs> hey, come on out now. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, you over there, that's over there, Heidi. Come on out. We've we been see you. <laughs> they got us now. You know? Yeah, this and is... they just ask him a question. Hey, were you on Sixth Street? Hey, listen, we've been caught. Everybody, come out. <laughs> come on out. Come yeah, on out. Shut everything down. We're, hey, we're guilty. Like, I, yeah. I'm not a T Rex just because you're not moving. I can still yeah, see yeah. you. Oh man, that is awful. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It's good to Scott in Atlantic City. What's up, Scott? Hey, what's up, everybody? No, All right. just just hanging. <laughs> yeah, so I agree with you, but for a slightly different reason. Um, the reason is Eric Jr. stayed live when uh, Colangelo was contacted. Mm-hmm. 
Because the Michelangelo knew about it was because he must have instructed whoever it was, his wife or whatever, to keep it live. Because she doesn't seem sophisticated enough, you know, for my research to know that, hey, I should keep this live because she instantly dumped the other three. And she, like, her trolling accounts violated, like, every rule of trolling on Twitter. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you don't have to give a phone number on Twitter. Exactly. Like <laughs> you don't have to do that. At all. Or you could just make up a, a, a dummy email address, too, and just start a dummy email address to go to the next exactly. year. But see, okay. And all right, Scott, real quick. Semi tinfoil hat. I'm putting it back on for a moment. If, if we are quick enough to find out her name and phone number and email address, don't you think it is possible that somebody else also put the could have started those accounts as well? That was my only well, thing. Was, n- I, not I, with the knowledge of Sixers inside information. It would have to be someone problem. in the front office. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you can't <laughs> just, just say it. I'm just saying it can't be like you or me. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, yeah. I'm saying someone else in the Sixers office. I'm just saying there's a possibility that they could have done that and have those three accounts up. Yeah, you know, that's possible, but... Unlikely, you know, but it's it's crossed see, my mind. Yeah. Here, here's another thing. You know, I've done a little trolling in my day. And uh, <laughs> first of all, you don't follow personal accounts in your trolling account. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Second, you don't um, make personal comments. You don't live tweet your son's Division two basketball game. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Also, a good rule for trolling. Yes. <laughs> so I thought Division at first, one, maybe. you know, Colangelo was somewhat of a sympathetic figure because you know he put trust in his wife, and it looked like she burned him. But then I'm like, you know, if he told, if he called her, you know, when he got tipped off and was like, "Do you have anything to do with this?" She's like, "No, of course not." She would have just brought down all the accounts, including Eric Jr. Well, it's but that's but that's what I'm saying, Scott. And it's a good point there. Uh, there's no way that they weren't in this together. Yeah. Like, does anybody else believe? There's no well, way that, like, even if it was just conversational, be like, "Hey, honey, hey, look at this. I went after him for you today." You know, like doesn't that matter. Ha- that had to happen. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what happened. Right. It matters that it did happen, and the perception. The perception matters more. With perception is reality in this case, and that's why it's so damaging. It doesn't necessarily matter if he was running them or it's not, but if people, if Joel Embiid thinks there is a chance that he could have, or LeBron James or whoever thinks there's a chance that he could have, the damage is done, and he has to go. Well, the information's true. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. information on those trolling accounts are true, and it and that's that's Brian's job is to not make sure that it gets out in the public, and they announce it at whatever time, so... You know, or that wouldn't even come out. That's what I'm saying. That's all a part of the gig. There are people that I know that have worked in this industry, including in that Sixers office, have gotten fired for way less. Like, I I remember stories about, you know, people leaking out schedules or whatever, getting caught, and even though it was going to come out anyway, they caned them because you can't trust them. Like, this is ridiculous that it's going this far. The one thing with whether or not uh, Brian knew about potentially his it being his wife controlling these accounts. I could definitely understand. The Sixers get this call from the Ringer. They then go to Brian Colangelo and say, "Did you or anyone in your family create these accounts?" And he says, "You know what? That one's mine to monitor. Philo one two three four five six seven. I've I never don't know tweeted about the rest. from it. Text I don't know wife. about the rest. 
15 let minutes call, later. Exactly. Let me call the family. Or maybe he doesn't say that, but he calls the family immediately. They say, no, it's not us. It could be him. It could be his wife. It could be his son. For all we know, it's freaking Jerry. It's not Jerry, but you never know. I mean, one of them, um, one of them actually does sound a lot like Jerry. We'll, well get that, into that that's in a little the bit. thing is uh, I, I was with uh, John and Joe this week, and we were like, maybe it's one of them's his wife. The other two are his sons, and the, and the fourth is Jerry. He's got the fifth. It's the Colangelos. <laughs> it's the Brady Bunch. <laughs> but also... In what you guys were saying about you know leaks and stuff is John Rich talked about this a lot with a wife and Trey you can you can attest to this yeah. you t- you're open about anything you no, know you don't I don't tell her everything yeah no? yeah all right everything. well this is what John was saying is you expect your wife to be someone <laughs> yeah. you can trust with yeah, every aspect exactly. of your life yeah. and to not blab about anything yeah. well it's good there's certain things though I just, <laughs> yeah exactly you know, like, ah. like, hey you know who got uh, you know who's getting cut today yeah, yeah you probably I, I don't I don't think I'd say that to my wife anyway yeah, Theo hate, in uh, Canada what, what's hey, up Theo uh, <laughs> yeah I, I think uh, well this was always my concern about the quote unquote process. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to make good decisions. And one, Jerry Colangelo hasn't made a good decision since he's been in the Sixers front office, I don't think. I mean, you know, getting Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Eliasova, I think that was more Brett Brown's relationship than his. And, but, That's you a good know, point. If, if you look back, man, I've been following the Sixers for a while now. I, I, I would say it went off the rails in the 86 draft when they traded away Brad Darty for what ended up being Jeff Ruland and uh, Roy Henson. I mean, and it's really been a dumpster fire of bad decisions ever since. They just, they just don't have. I mean, they're just a bad organization. I like the Sixers. I'm a Sixers fan. I, I, I have season tickets. But like, if you just really, really look and read into like all the decisions they've made, it's not a, it's not a smart organization. Even when they had Sam Hinkie. Like no, they made mistakes. Yeah, Theo, they made a, they made a lot of mistakes. But even with, even when they got Sam Hinkie, right? Mm-hmm. Sam Hinkie, what what the quote unquote process did was it gave you some time to really develop players Certainly. that you ordinarily wouldn't have picked up. That's why I find that like Robert Covington and TJ McConnell, yeah. they were steals. Absolutely. Now, why Brian Colangelo gave him the deal that he gave him, I have no idea. <laughs> and that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg of like bad decision after bad decision. We're gonna like people don't even remember how he did Jaleel Okafor, which was just like it was just stupid. Well, it wasn't great. Well, the thing is, like he wasn't great, and then they also didn't handle it great either. So there's and you know people again. Uh, that's part of the information that came out on a lot of these burner accounts too. So it's uh, it's a it's a crazy situation. We want to hear from everybody and kind of how you're dealing with it. Plus, like, what if he stays? I know it's unlikely, but what if at the end of this somehow it, the story gets turned around and on Monday we're talking about, yep, um, we're going to issue a statement at 10 a.m. Uh, Brian's going to stay with us. This isn't the representative who I am. And now we're staying with the Sixers. Plus, is a starting quarterback in his first year actually going to turn down endorsement deals? I want to hear Trey Thomas' thoughts on that when we come back. It's BGN Radio. Brandon Lee Gowden, John Barcher, Trey Thomas, all here with you right here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So, Trey Thomas, uh, I just saw this on uh, Pro, uh, Pro Football Talk. Patrick Mahomes is going to turn down endorsements. Because he wants to prove it on the field first. And then you click on the article, which Mike Florio is very good at making us all do. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and it's really just the local endorsements that are coming in from Kansas City. Yeah. He doesn't want to be on billboards and things like that. He wants to establish a relationship. Is that a, is, I mean, is that a, uh, I don't know, turn down money in your first year to establish a little more work ethic on the field? Do you like that move? Uh, well, you know what? Being a backup quarterback, where the position that he was coming in last year, I get his um, understanding and why he wanted to do something like yeah. that. You know, and, and I think that's, you know, extremely uh, mature for a guy like that. You know, uh, and with his agent Steinberg being the one that's kind of like, you know, letting him know, like, look, I think it's more important that you go in and, and and get into the team, become one of the guys instead of coming in with this high profile. Friend of the show, Lee Steinberg, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I think that's a, 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 a pretty big move for him. Because, I mean, the money's going to be there, especially when you start – because especially when you're coming in as a quarterback, there's so much that has to be learned, and you don't want him to get have anything that's going to sidetrack that yeah. or make him feel a little different or, or pull him away from the, the meeting room. So I think that was a big move for him. Yeah, he's a good kid, man. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, yeah. I think he's a, uh, he's a very draftable in your fantasy Now, personally, league, I would have taken the money. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to say. I would have taken the let's money, too. Let's go get this money because, I mean, as an offensive lineman, you know, you don't give us too many endorsements, you know. <laughs> what, I got to breathe right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, 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 breathe yeah, right endorsement. That was pretty cool. Uh, 888-729-9494. <laughs> that's straight time. It's Brandley Gowden, John Barchard here with you on BGN Radio. Uh, BLG, there was uh, an interesting statement from... Jimmy Butler's agent is that uh, is that correct? Who is uh, yeah, I think based out of Toronto and trying to go and back him up here. So what what was his statement? I guess that he gave uh, it's it's endorsing Brian Colangelo, right? Yeah, it says uh, this is the statement. I'm biased since I live in Toronto and have come to know Brian and his family well, and they have my complete and total support. I have absolutely zero concerns, nor could I imagine anyone else having any. Brian has a track record of honesty and integrity that I'm going to choose to define him by and always will. What is happening right now isn't right. As a league and a business, if we are going to be okay with seeking people out to ruined based on agendas and simply human weaknesses, then we are headed down a slippery slope. Uh, interesting. One, I appreciate BLG because he did sound Canadian when he read it. Uh, two. That's what I was going for. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is, is this a slippery slope? This should, should just be like, hey, maybe uh, don't have you and your family talk crap about sensitive information in your company, right? This is the era that we live in. <laughs> like, just don't say anything. There's yeah. no reason to go on social media and say any of that stuff. You know what's funny to me? This statement is way more defensive of Brian Colangelo than the statement that Jerry Colangelo put out there. I don't know if you guys saw that earlier this week, but he was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like he, he wasn't like my son is this honorable man. Like this said, it was just like yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, I guess we'll yeah. yeah we'll see how this plays out. Uh, it looks pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> Jerry very much did not defend his son. Yeah, I was no. kind of surprised. Uh, nor would he. I don't think Jerry's the type of guy that would do that. Anytime that Jerry has to give praise to anybody else, I think it makes him feel weird. Or like you know, like defending someone's character is like, oh, this isn't about me. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I've got some things to do in Arizona. 888-729-9494. Let's go to George. What's up, George? How you doing? Um, tweeters coming down the ice. That's what the broadcast. I'm watching a hockey on hold. He says, tweeters coming down the ice. I said, well, since they're on the radio, let me comment about the uh, Brian thing. You know what? I think it's a bunch of bull, fellas. I mean, come on. People tweet every day. I mean, what's the big deal? Hey, Brian. 
pay me a hundred million. You can talk about me all day, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. Uh, should we? Uh, I gotta also ask George: Are you part of the Colangelo family? Is this also uh, you? Are you a burner phone well, call? I live at three hundred eight Hamby Circle. You're, 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 <laughs> you don't give out your address. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, I I, uh, I wonder if, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, that's not really like, this is not a situation where everybody just kind of, well, you, everybody tweets something, you know? Yeah. And, no. Yeah. Like, no, it's just, no. this is just yeah. like, come on, guys. Everybody, everybody tweets things. Everybody gives out information on what's going on with the company. All right, let's go to Jim in Virginia. Jim, what's up, buddy? What's up, guys? First of all, I love your show. Appreciate love it, man. You guys. Thanks, Jim. And, uh, I don't believe you. You sound, you sound a little tired. Pick your energy up, baby. Come on, man. I've been on hold for about five hours. All right, Gentlemen, my bad. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, my bad. <laughs> I got, yeah, first of all, the whole thing with the, one of the most damaging comments I think made was about Embiid when they, the comment was, go ahead, let him play. We're just going to use him up anyway. That's kind of like, that's kind of a messed up comment to talk about, you know, one of your players, yeah. which means if it's, any of the Colangelos, all the Colangelos has to go. If Jerry's the one who fought yeah. for Brian to get here, then he needs to go, too. Cause well, yeah, because Jerry's still on the board or something, right? Like, I yeah. forget his title. They but. list him on their front office The only way page. that we can move on from this whole mess is that we have zero Colangelos working for us. Yes, and maybe even... Uh... Maybe uh, maybe even zero silvers that are running the NBA That's office, not too. Happen, I know, I well, know. Here's my thing about who, who i like to see replace Colangelo. Mm. Now, he's both the GM and the president, so I'd bring in David Griffin for uh, the general manager. Heard he's very liked. Heard LeBron likes him, so that's yeah. a good choice. And I would love to see just out of spite for Hinky to come back. That'd be just nice. To, just in a spite. Fight the Colangelo. <laughs> I mean, Although, yeah. if you're hinky, you're beloved in this town. So you can either A, complete the process, prove you're right, or stay away and just stay beloved for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think I think that well, and it's and it's not even that, Jim, and I appreciate the call. When Hinky left in in the first go, he made it a point to say like it all starts with the ownership group. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. have to understand and it's gotta be in sync. There's no way he's coming back here as long as Harris and the boys are running the show here. We need Hinky to buy the team. Yeah, right? and now that <laughs> you had to be the owner and GM at the same time, I'm ready for that. That I mean, he's got that VC money hanging out somewhere, right? Making making him offer, you know, tell him like, hey, I'll wash this all the way. Uh, that'll alleviate all my stress of them possibly moving the team to you know New Jersey or wherever they wanted to go and trying to find their own stadium. So uh, let's go to uh, Tom and Abington. What's up, Tom? Johnny boy, how you doing today? Uh, doing good, buddy. How are you? There we go. There we go. I'm good. Trey Thomas, my man. Always a pleasure. All right. Tom. (laughs) Mr. Lee (laughs) Galvin. He almost got you ahead of time this time, Tom. I love it. (laughs) Hey, Brandon, you you just read that quote. Uh, Honesty and integrity, right? They were the two words describing uh, D.C. there? Yes. Okay, so she's having us believe now that he had no knowledge of these burner accounts. Um, obviously, last night he admitted that now he knows it was his wife. So he's trying to have us believe that it took him 10 days to get out of his wife, that she was responsible. Because up until then, somebody was out to get him. Uh, yeah, well, did, wait, did, did, just to clarify, Tom, I don't. he didn't admit that one of them was his wife's, right? 
That's just that's yeah, just that's, no. That's that's what I saw that he told the Sixers that his wife was responsible for the burner account. Well, that would be breaking news if that was true. I haven't seen that at all. I think ESPN kind of had hinted said, towards yeah, that. There's a sense. Yeah, we he, haven't officially seen it. He yeah. hasn't come out that you know, that yet, Tom. But yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's it's um, yeah. What would you do in the, if you're in this situation? If I was BC, if you're, if you're this, if you, yeah, if you're, well, actually, if you're the Sixers right now, can you think of any reason why they're prolonging this? Uh, just for legal reasons. I mean, they just want to make sure that they're not going to get sued. But right. also, it's the it's the Sixers. When was the last time they handled anything the right way? <laughs> well, that's a, very that's fair a, point. That's a fair point, Tom. And thank you for checking in. As always, eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. We will work some Eagles things in here because uh, Trey Thomas, I think, had a. It's a pretty interesting conversation with uh, Jason P- Peters and one Jordan Mylott, or at least was yeah. hanging out with him uh, yeah. during OTA. So I wanna, I'm want i curious how that went. And uh, we'll be back. Trey Thomas, Brandon League out, and John Barcher. It's PGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is PGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Another hour to go. It is BGN Radio. John Barcher, Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and Editor-in-Chief of BleedingGreenNation.com all here with you. Like I said before, it's kind of turned into Brian Gone Now Radio, which is totally fine. Uh, and we will get into some uh, Eagle stuff, but uh, you guys know Marshall Harris, right? Oh, yeah. Very smart gentleman. Yes. And uh, he just texted me during the break, and he brought up a pretty good point here, too. Now, what if the Sixers do end up saying goodbye to Brian, which is the most likely outcome of this, but keep Jerry on board. You know, like that to me would be... How? Because he's part of the board. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's his son. He could have those same opinions. Like It's true. That's that's my whole problem with this and the whole, like, how do you even keep his staff? Like, say, Mark Eversley, who is the VP of Player Personnel, who's to say... He doesn't share those same opinions, especially, you know, considering that you would at least think that Brian Colangelo has talked to him about that. If he's talked to his wife about that, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's talked to other staff members about Surely. that. So I don't know. That's a tough spot. I don't think you can like if the, you can't, but I'm saying because I w- the wouldn't players surprise like, me. Like how are yeah, but how is like how is Joe Embiid gonna be like, Oh yeah, I'm fine with Jerry Colangelo being here. His son's <laughs> gone. Like <laughs> I think you have to kind of gut it. You ha- no, you absolutely have to. I'm just saying, like, there's a in our uh, previous. I think Tom even pointed that out too. Oh, and and we finally understood what he meant. It was the 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 low and uh, what uh, who else uh, was Woj on that? And, and Zach Lowe together said that like, yeah, maybe I kind of minus sort of maybe knew that my wife was involved with this. So now mm-hmm. now I now understand where he's coming from. But that's like, you know, I I I don't know, Trey. If the if the Sixers keep Jerry, what would is that really is like keeping Brian in the building almost, right? I, I mean that that's right there now. You know, when you get released because of something that your son's wife did, mm-hmm. now that creates a whole well, that's other a thing. You right? know, like there's no you there's know what, you're not invited problem. to Thanksgiving. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a problem here. You know, because I mean that's you know. Uh, this is going to be a big situation. I, I know yeah. that, you know, they're going to, and I think that's why the Sixers are taking their time because they want to make sure that whatever moves they were going to make can be held up in the court of law. Yeah. They just make sure everything is And that's why they good. want him to resign. Too, yeah. They want to force like, him. All right. Yeah. Now we can move on. We don't yes, worry about that. Yeah. Exactly. You guys get, but I think, um, I think Marshall's right. I think that there's a possibility because of the legality of all this stuff. Like, yeah. 
Jerry wants his paycheck to not do anything and stay in Arizona, right? Like that's kind of a, a, a part of this. So I, uh, you know, this uh, what a great time before free agency starts, right? Most yeah. this is just awesome. And I think there's also a good chance of that happening because once again, who owns the Sixers? Josh Harris. What do we expect from Josh Harris? Dysfunction. Yes. That's, that's it. That's All, it. Always and forever. Amen. Let's go to uh, George in Conchahagan. What's up, George? Very good, very good. How are you guys? Good, good. Yeah, so, uh, two, two things. Uh, first, I want to say that um, all your previous calls were actually just me calling for my Army ah, burner phone. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I well knew done. it, George. Well, well done. done. I, I think you're only caller. <laughs> no, no, but but seriously, this, this Colangelo stuff is uh, insane. And if you just say a week ago, like, yeah, it would be a really late April Fool's joke, and still we get this. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's very, uh, very kind of unfortunate here. But, like, what we like we were just talking about there, George, like, what if – what if Brian's gone and Jerry's still here? Uh, yeah, don't yes, exactly. That's kind of just like, ugh, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, so the other thing I want to get opinion on. So, so in wake of it up, Stanley Cup in, in Vegas, just storming the league. So yeah. If there's a, an NFL space draft, like, say, tomorrow or sometime next year, what chances do you think a new NFL team could do if Vegas doesn't get the Super Bowl? And- Who, uh, it, well, first of all, the NHL rules – they, they. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the GMs, which are realizing now, like, oh, hey, we really screwed up these, uh, this expansion draft, and they, oh, they got a uh, Stanley Cup worthy team. Oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, so I think that's a little unique, but uh, depending on like how it would shake out, I think it would, be, I think it would be actually uh, a little easier to try and do that in the NFL as opposed to the NHL. Mm-hmm. You guys think so? To make it to the Super Bowl, yeah, With yeah the expansion mean, team, yeah, like if it's their first year and the like, the chances of them like uh, heading to the Super Bowl, like if if they were able, to, I don't, it depends if they were able to draft a uh, QB. I mean, yeah, I think so. The best an expansion team has ever done in the NFL, like the best season they've ever had, is like seven and nine. Is that right? Yeah. Everything else has been pretty so bad. Was it the Houston Texans? It was or the, the Panthers. Oh, it was the Panthers that came. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, first year, but like I think back in good old days, Carolina Jackson got the championship game in her second year, but then you have no Brown, so it's a it's a coin flip, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if if you know, appreciate the call, George. If uh, if the if it was a little more lenient, like the like the NHL did, and be like, okay, guys, you can't keep uh, you know, there's a there's a line drawn after your top thirty players, and the the rest of them are all like into the pool for an expansion draft. Huh. I could see that happening. I think you could put a team together and, and do that. So each team could keep their top thirty players. Yeah, and then everybody else, and then can, you kind of build from there. Yeah, I think somebody could do that. The shortest amount of time an expansion team got to the Super Bowl after Ooh, being let me made. Guess. Was, let me guess. What it was? It's uh, this is all uh, post merger, right? Yeah, Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Jacksonville. It was too. the Vikings. It was nine years. Oh wow! Oh, wow. How about that? Vikings, really? Nine years? When? Uh, what? Nine years? What was the year? Does it say? No. Okay. Well, a lot of lot of hard hitting facts. <laughs> what was the? I just because I don't remember going into the expansion draft was the top players or whatever who was protected. Was that determined by salary? I know there was some amount of players that. The team got uh, to choose it, to protect yeah, when they were within de- a certain point. Depending on how contracts. long you've been in the league for. So, okay. like, if you had, uh, there was there was that part of it plus how much you make, and then and if players had like a no trade clause in their contract. Correct. Yeah, yeah I, I know that there were certain contract and eligi- eligibility issues based on or 
fit terms based on how long you had been in the league. But I was trying to think, like, what for the NFL, would it be top 30 valued contracts? Would it just be team name, 30 players that you protect, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'd be it'd be tough, but it'd be interesting. I think we did that last year. Last offseason when it was happening, we're like, all right, mm-hmm. who would uh, who would you draft right now? Or who would you keep from the Eagles? It's like you, you can't uh, allow that to go. And I, I want to go back and listen to that now. Let's go to uh, Ivan in southwest Philly. What's up, Ivan? Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Thanks, man. Right. Hey, hey, I got two points to make real quick because you guys have the, the ear of the true Philadelphia fans. Okay. Point number one I'm trying to make is let's not curse ourselves being the Philadelphia fans of old, of pre-Super Bowl winning, all this winning culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we haven't had anything to complain about from Sixers to Eagles, even the Flyers gave you, even the Phillies. You know, when we started on Kapler and then they started winning, the Flyers started getting hot. Let's let's just enjoy all this good karma that we've had and not just try to, you know, stone Colangelo because of something that we really don't know the facts about. My second point, right, is we should feel kind of good and bad about these burner accounts. One, because now we know the truth about all the headlines that have been aching us for years. Like, like Colangelo, you got to admit, has done a good job, second round in playoffs. Like, trading up, I believe Fultz has a higher ceiling than Tatum, so I'm not even worried about the season. And from the burner account, My you goodness, this is, this is an incredible amount of optimism. Holy cow, man. Right, no, no, hold on, hold on. But from the burner account, right, you understand it's, it wasn't really the yips. He had something personal. From the burner accounts. We knew that without the burner accounts. Right, we already knew you, that. But you, but you understand what happened with Okafer. So now, like, look, with his wife, is it really fair to condemn a man? Like, what if his wife was the person out to get him and she told him, hey, I did this, and if, if she gave him some sort of ultimatum that if he didn't do, you know, he could be being blackmailed here. Like, and then at home, you know, it's a wife. That's, some, that's something personal. So before we jump down his throat, because he did do a good job with the team, what I say is I say <laughs> you let him ride it out till after the draft, after Ivan. free agency, and you have him resign. Ivan, because I have a question really for you. Yeah, hold on. Ride. Brandon's got a question for you. What had yeah, Brian Colangelo done that has set up this team beyond this year, beyond the last oh. season? All right, so look. What has so, he done? So J.J., Ursan, Bellinelli, bringing the free agents. Beyond last season, for moving forward, now moving forward and trying to compete, contend for a championship. I mean, come on. He's been here a year and some change. What has he done? Like, what has he like, done? Like, one like move. He, he one did, move. He, he, did, he didn't screw it up as much. He didn't screw it up. That's, that's what he uh, did. He, 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 he epically, right? potentially he epically has, screwed he, it up. No, potentially. No, no. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because I know you guys are going to talk forever after I get off, right? So hear me out. He drafted Ben Simmons like he was supposed to. Okay, that which, doesn't Which you could have right? done. done that. Wait, like, that doesn't count. He didn't screw it up. He, he did orchestrate a trade for Markel Fultz, who was a consensus top pick. He didn't screw it up. Ever, who wasn't excited for that? Decide, you can't decide. say he didn't screw that up. He could have epically screwed that up. I'm not <laughs> saying I look. I still have some level of hope for Markel Fultz's career, but you yeah. can't just say he didn't screw it up. Right now, the, all the evidence that we do have says he did screw it up. Yeah. So far, and it doesn't. And it honestly, it doesn't epically. even. It doesn't matter that. I mean, uh, I wanted Markel Fultz. I was all about that. That was fine. Yeah, it doesn't but it matter. Doesn't matter because. He, if he still sucks, in his it's job, not like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Everyone thought he was going to be good. No, that's <laughs> like, not how it works. He can't fault him for that. No, you can. You can when you have, because the same things that got Sam Hinkie removed from there when you're talking about, well, he should have taken the Greek freak. Well, he should have done this. Well, I, I'm not pointing at him and going like, 
You should have just taken Donovan Mitchell, or you should have just taken Tatum, or any, any of that. That happens to every single GM. That's how they're based in their job. I, it doesn't matter to me. And like, I don't know where you're coming from with, you know, we can't, we, we got to keep the optimism going. Yeah, I didn't destroy it. I didn't, I didn't go, hey, uh, the, no, I'm not going to pay attention to this and things are going to be great now. Brian Colangelo did that. We were all calm. We were like, all right, Celtics, you know, they, they said, slow down. You're not quite there yet. I was ready and able. I'm like, all right, let's see what Brian Colangelo's all about. I was on the side of Brian. I'm, I'm coming into the season going, you know what? He didn't screw anything up. I have yet but to he see also him didn't make a move. Up. I have yet to see him make a move to go, all right, this is what's going to propel us to uh, you know, yes. be uh, be an Eastern Conference Finals contender, a Finals contender. And now, guess what? He can't do that because his wife or him or some knowledge of that has ruined the perception of the Philadelphia 76ers of even, not even big-time free agents. I'm not even talking about LeBron. That was going to be hard to do anyway. Now it's near impossible. I'm talking about trying to pull off trades or Something like that with like CJ McCollum or, you know, signing a, 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 a Bradley or anything like that. Like people will make decisions based on what their career path is on this thing. And Trey, that's I think that's what we were talking about in the first hour. If you had a decision to make as a free agent to come to this team and be like, well, uh, you know, I know it's a nice and upcoming squad and whatever, but. I also don't want any information of mine getting out there at all, especially my medical information. Yeah, like that's going to make a decision in somebody's mind. I, I think so. And then what you, you know, when you just l- even look at the full, like maybe week or two of surrounding this team, you know, you, you're going to need someone that's going to come in and kind of that that that's a superstar that's sound in himself and can also. Uh, come in and mentor some of these guys because you look at just this past week or two of what's going on with the Sixers. You had Joel out playing pickup games on, in the park <laughs> exactly. somewhere, bouncing the ball off someone's face, <laughs> and then dunking on, and then playing tennis somewhere, just running down the street to South Philly. And then you had um, Fultz cartwheeling in uh, for whatever mm-hmm. to the facility, That's and right. then. Drinking virtual milk from a virtual cow's udders, oh, yeah. and then you have <laughs> you know then you have Ben Simmons uh, you know breaks up with his girlfriend and then starts dating a Kardashian and then now that the grandmother of the girlfriend and her grandson are beefing on Twitter with it's just been crazy. <laughs> Wait, I, then, I, I missed that. What's the beefing part of this? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the girl's grandmother and somebody. I'm trying to figure out why the grandmother's on Twitter, but that's a whole other <laughs> issue. But then, then the, the icing on the cake is my man's wife getting on here and bashing the play. It was just That's right. so much in these past couple of weeks around the organization and you need a, a, a major player to come in and wrap his arms around these guys and like, look, man, look, let me show you guys how to win. And then you have all of this other stuff going on. It's just crazy. It is. 888-729-9494. I can't, <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm blown away by our last caller, but let's go to Jake and Westchester. He was super positive. He was, uh, and I can't fault Everything him for it. Everything is great. Yes. Jake, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, guys, big fan of the show. Appreciate it. Um, I had a question. you think with this situation with Calandrola, do you think it could affect uh, possibly getting O'Brien or Paul George in free agency? Could they uh, potentially not come because of what's going on right now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's what we were just talking about. And that's that's where uh, I, I, I'm. It's it might have a long-term potential again if 
for legal reasons, they can't really just fire Jerry or whatever that he has in his contract. They can get rid of Brian, but if Jerry's still going to be there, I don't know. Like I, th- I still think that's going to affect a lot of different things. So maybe that's what we're trying to figure out right now. That's why there's so much time being taken here because they have to find a way to get rid of both of them. Yeah, you know that's that. Yeah. It, it's a big time. But yeah, like if there was any chance that PG was going to come here because. He's going to land himself a nice cushy seat in Los Angeles. I think that's no secret by now. Yeah, probably. Um, it's 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 all but gone now. Yeah, well, you know, I think LeBron. You know, you look at someone like a LeBron now. You know, he take criticism from the fans and stuff like that. But when it's coming from the office, from the front office, I think that creates a problem and makes you kind of pause just a little bit to see how everything plays out. Yeah, that yeah. could be it uh, there too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like uh, I don't know, Jake. What else? What else are you feeling on this? Uh, I, I think we just need to get our, ourselves away from the situation, possibly move on from Colangelo, and uh, try to just start moving in the right direction and head towards the draft and free agency. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be uh, nice if we can ever ever kind of do that and get there and let it like, go. You know. <laughs> you know, us, us let something go. Yeah, oh, no, you can't. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, 888-729-9494. And I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, BLG, I wonder if this is... Kind of like a uh, does where where how would you feel at the end of the day? I guess if it is like this, and but there's, I mean, Brian's not going to stay. I think that's pretty evident now. Um, but even if there is some, uh, I guess I'm I'm just trying to feel how how is a new GM going to come in here anyway? You know, like this is uh, you're going to have to find a guy that's probably not going to be in the top rung. I had even mentioned Malik Rose at some point to just be like, mm, eh, you can go in between, and he's probably not even ready, but I would assume he's got a good relationship with Brett Brown because now that becomes more the focus, I think, and less about the player because Brian Colangelo, Brett Brown seemed like that was going to be okay, at least for the, the length of his contract. Now you got to find somebody that's also comfortable with Brett Brown. In a short amount of time. Yeah. Too, yeah. And which I think which makes experience more important in this situation as opposed to if you had all this time in the world to run this exhaustive DM search, maybe someone like Malik Rosen, up-and-comer in the league, would make more sense. But when you're in this tight window and you have the draft coming up and the most yeah. critical free agency period possibly for this team ever, yeah. you almost have to get a guy like, I know I can trust this guy. He has instant credibility that he brings to our organization and stability, which is something this team needs. But a challenge of getting a guy like that is there's only so many available. Um, and at this time of year, it's not like, you know, you know, we're still close to the draft. Some of these guys aren't going to want to leave or, or, you know, with the, the lack of stability here and the fact that there is very potentially a mole in the front office. Like that's something they have to think about. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. It's not like I know Embiid and, and Ben Simmons are here and Mark Fultz. So there's some allure there, but at the same time, there's also a number of reasons why you would have red flags about this where this team is. Yeah, certainly. And I, uh but I'm more worried about Embiid. Well, Embiid's on a contract, but Simmons, Fultz, Dario, and whoever they draft this when coming year pay him, yeah. re-signing with this team, well, for Dar- for Dario and Fultz and Simmons in two or three years, will they want to stay here after their rookie well, contract? Well, that's what I'm up? saying. They got they got to act quickly. They got to scrub it because if you're winning and everybody's happy, then, you yeah. know, it, it that changes everything. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Uh 888-729-9494. Hey, uh, we are going to actually talk about some Eagles. That's coming up right after the break. Trey Thomas, BLG, John Barchard, all here with you. It's PGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Odubo Herrera flips a bat when he guesses Jeopardy correctly. Your home for Phillies baseball. It is good.
Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, a big happy birthday to uh, defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Born this day, 1966. And I thought that he was, uh, he had some pretty interesting things to say uh, during his press conference, including when you guys were bringing up Derek Barnett as his uh, BGN radio with uh, John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowton, Trey Thomas, all with you. 888-729-9494. He uh, mentioned Derek Barnett going through that sports hernia uh, that he uh, he was going through. And he's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a reality of the league. That you're basically after the first game of the season, you're just going to be dealing with something. And a lot of guys dealt with stuff uh, this uh, this go. And he even said, like, for a first-year player, this is what kind of blew me away here, Trey, was, you know, he looked at him and said, like, on Wednesdays, I don't know if he was going to be able to go. But then when Sunday came around, he was. And that's the kind of player and athlete that he was going through. So we were actually discussing that this week. Is he a guy now that, you know, that first to second-year step uh, that we've been discussing for a while. Uh, I'm pretty excited about Derek Barnett. Is it? You think it's a big enough leap that he could possibly be the sack leader by the end of the year for for this team? Possibly. You know, um, he is a good change of pace guy. Uh, he is a solid rusher, but it, it just continues to. It depends on if he continues to develop, man. And um, you know, from what I'm seeing from, him, he has great balance. Can bend. Can get around the corner. Uh, you know, he's, he, he, when you see, look at DNs, he's pretty quick off the ball, off the snap. Um, it's just gonna, you know, he's just gonna have to keep working, you yeah. know, and it's, and that's just what it is. And you, you know, you have a, a really good, uh, person to go up against every week. You know, when you're looking at Jason Peters or Lane Johnson, you know, you have great sparring partners to go up against every week. So, you know, uh, if you can get around them from time to time, you're beat. Most of the tackles in the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's uh, very, very true. So, uh, you know, Brandon, you were down there for OTAs this week as well, and um, we were kind of discussing that uh, last night. So thank you to the uh, Philly Loves Beer Org uh, for having us for opening tap, and uh, uh, definitely stay tuned to BleedingGreenNation.com because there was a Jason Kelsey lookalike who opened it up, and uh, it was very entertaining. you got to watch that. But, um, you know, do you you think Derek has the same kind of – trajectory this season to j- just take a, an enormous leap in year two? I think, you know, we always talk about how, and we were saying it last year, this time with Carson, we are saying the year two is going to be huge for him because that jump from, everyone says it, I'm sure, Trey, I'm sure you've seen it, and mm-hmm. it's always that year one, because what, you're going into year one, you're coming off of the draft process, it's like this whole thing, you don't even have time, right? And, you're, yeah. you're, and then year two, it's like, all right, first year, in the NFL training program, you're able to work on your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're able to kind of look back at your tape from your rookie year and like, okay, what can I do better? And it just seems like you're more comfortable. And I, I think that's the case, what we'll see with Derek Barnett here. Trey, you brought up Jason Peters. I want to hear. I've been waiting all week to yeah, hear. Yeah, me too. What, <laughs> now, what? now Trey's, you know, this is what's great because uh, he's uh, Trey's the ambassador and he can just go down there at any point in time. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out and practice. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to anybody who I want. And uh, we saw you down there, Trey, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm just going to go hang out with Jason Peters and Jordan Maialata. I mean, that's home, man. Yeah, it is, you which know, is I awesome. Mean, I, I mean, I was there before Novacare was even built. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I kind of helped build that place. I'm like one of those guys like, I helped build that place. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. You know, but yeah, it was cool, man, yeah. just to go out, you know, and just be out there on the field with the guys and just feel that energy is, you know, it's, yeah. it's fun, man. And uh, Do you want to put the pads on for a second? No. Yeah. Not at all. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, I, don't, I don't have that feel. I just 
just like watching and observing yeah. and yeah. just talking with the guys. You know, now you know, I, I you know, it was a little hot out there. It was a little muggy. You know, yeah. I'm like man, I'm sweating. You know, yeah. wait a minute, what's going on? But you know, it was, anyway, you guys enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll but, tell you what you're doing right and wrong over yeah, there. Yeah. But it was fun, though, man, just to get out there and, and watch the guys and, and watch Jordan and talk to Jason Peters and all of them. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, like, obviously the personal stuff aside, but when it came to the football, were you guys talking about talking to Jordan about, you know, technique yes. or anything like that? What, what, what was your impression when you talked to him? Uh, just, uh, you know, first of all, I had, you know, just introduce myself to the guy. And then I, what I was watching is that when he would take a set and he was trying to punch, he kept looking at the DN coming at him and he's thinking, all right, I need to clean his hands and try to knock his hands down instead of delivering a punch. Well, when you're when you're a guy that's always trying to clean hands, that means that when you're going to clean hands, you have to give ground to do that. And he just does not have the space to do that, you know, uh, especially if you're trying to set vertical. Um, but in, in, what me and Jason Peters were talking to him about is just trying to get to that point, learning how to count steps, learning when to shut it down, and just fire your hands instead of trying to do all this other fancy yeah. stuff. You know, make the game as simple as possible. Don't try to come in and I want to clean hands, then punch. That's just way too much. Get to the point and let your hands fly. You know, because when you look at this guy, I mean, he's exactly what you want to see as an offensive tackle. Definitely. Has the height, has the range, has a great bill. Um, and you know, oddly, it's like the most interesting story in the Eagles training camp, right? Or in yeah, case and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, one of them anyway. But he, he's just that he has to learn it. Even with just talking up around other guys that's on the line, they're just like, you know, he looks impressive, but he just has to continue to learn the game. And uh, even just sitting there with Jason Peters and Vitae, and we're just talking about just different stuff that comes up when you're talking to a tackle or, or looking at a defensive end. You know, now Jason Peters is a little funny to talk to at times <laughs> when it comes to that because. Yeah. He could get away with a lot of stuff that average t- like tackles like myself. I couldn't do the same thing that Jason Peters could do. He'll, he'll sit up there and jump set a guy, and we're sitting up there talking, and I'm like, Jason, man, that you can do that, but <laughs> that will cause Vitae a problem. It's going to cause me a problem, and it's definitely going to cause Jordan a problem. So, you know, we need to kind of just, you know, you can get away with some stuff. And even when I was talking to Vitae, I was just telling him, I'm like, man, you know, his game really, you know, you could tell like he started to evolve once he stopped trying to be like Jason Peters yes. and just start learning what you can do. Don't look at what Jason can do because Jason Peters can put himself in certain situations and can get out of it that you can't afford to do that. <laughs> you know, you need to have the time. So, you know, it was just good just being around the guys and just seeing it, man. It just... You know, would you and uh, you and JP at all the uh, talk old times or anything like that too, or just you know strictly football? Oh yeah, we were just strictly football, just talking Coming about up. his health, seeing how he's feeling. You know, yeah. and uh, he's definitely you can see he's ahead of schedule, and uh, yeah. you know, and, and he's looking back to himself. You know, it's good to see him out there with some Don Joys on. Which you should have had, you know. I, I, I yeah. am a big proponent. I, I tell well, you every warm, office, you warm all your. I warm your in career, practice. Right? Yeah. yeah, you know, because you, you, it's that's what happens. You know, everybody's always rolling up on your knees. I would say, as an offensive lineman, you should always wear knee braces. That shouldn't even be when you put your helmet on. There should be knee braces being put on as well. But you know, uh, it's good to see him back out there and moving around, and you could just see that you know he's hungry and he's really even with talking with Aaron. I mean, Brandon Brooks and all of those guys. Yeah. Man, you can see that these guys are ready to go, man. And with Lane, he's doing all kinds of different workouts and stuff, trying to make sure that he's coming back right. And these guys are ready to come back and and, and get a repeat, man. Well, and uh, speaking of Brandon Brooks, uh, BLG, you, you got a chance to speak with both him and Lane down in the locker room during this whole time. And uh, honestly, it's what kind of blew up in in uh, Eagles uh, the world kind of this week 
What was uh, what was? Would you find out? With, yes, with Brandon and Lane. So it was funny because um, Lane was being asked about the comments made by Cassius March, former Patriots player, about how he just hated playing for the Patriots. And again, Lane was being asked about that, and Brandon Brooks, who sits right next to him in the locker room, kind of just chimed in. He was like, "I don't know how we haven't been talking about this more often for a long. Like this has been a thing for yeah. a long time now. Yeah. Well, and it's when, miserable. And we have the uh, full cut. This is BLG's audio uh, down there in the locker room on Tuesday. So for me, I came in under Kubiak, who was just an older version of Doug. Then I went to O'Brien, who was, you know, Belichick. And then I came back to, you know, Doug, who was like, oops. So for me, like, man, great. Like, I cannot. That's why it's here. I cannot tell you how much better this is than it was down there. It, it's just night and day. What, what does Stout say? Happy productive workers. Happy workers make more productive workers. That's yep. exactly what it is. Like, when you're not having fun, man, those grind, you know, those hard-ass, hard-nosed days. And all, all, all the media was talk about is rings. Rings. I'm going to get this ring and never wear it fucking one day. It's all going to be put away in a box. The only thing you're going to remember from your playing days, you're not going to remember the scores. You're going to remember people you played with and how you felt. And that's the truth. All the, all the funny shit that happened on the field in the game. All these guys want to talk about, I'll take the rings. Okay, you can have your rings. You can also have 15 miserable years. So why do you think it is like that? Have your rings. Huh? Why do you think it is that way? Like, why isn't it more like here elsewhere? Because it's one of rings. So that's, people think that's, you know, what it is. Yeah, and that's yeah. just, I mean, if that, and, and the whole point of this, and I think you, you clarified this on uh, BGN Radio 316, the Stone Cold episode, which you can go and listen to in any of your podcast feeds, but the point is there's multiple ways to go and win Super Bowls, and we don't know why you have to be miserable while you're doing it. Yeah, that's, that's basically their that's point. That's what Lane keeps saying. He's like, it doesn't have to be where everything is so serious and guys can't even enjoy their job to be successful. I mean, the Patriots yeah. have done it that way, and that's fine. They have their model. But the Eagles have proved they can have fun. They can mm-hmm. celebrate touchdowns. They can be loose in the locker room. And even look at Andy. Like, yeah. And you would know, obviously, best yeah. about this. But you guys you guys had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It wasn't like the Patriot way there, at least yeah. from the vibe we got. And you and you, you didn't win a title, but you yeah. went to, like, you had a lot of success still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, what, what you're hearing when it comes to that is – I. I think right now you're starting to see a different type, a different style of coaching. Certainly. Because you have a different style of athlete that's coming in. Yeah. And guys are a little bit more serious about their bodies, a little bit more serious about their craft. And and, and I think the coaches now, I think Pete Carroll kind of started as well out there with creating an environment within the locker room where, you know, guys want to spend as much time around each other as possible, put the little games in where they can compete and all of that and they enjoy their time around each other. And then. That's one of the things that carried this team when you have Wentz go down and when you have JP go down and all these other players go down, that camaraderie, that positive energy mm-hmm. that the coaching has already started, kind of what helped kept keep this team going. I don't think the Patriots would have been, if you would have lost, if Tom Brady would have gone down in the middle of the season or like that, I think the team would have fallen off just because of Absolutely. how how they rule and everybody's miserable and you can, and you hear it now from every player that's been coming out of those organizations everybody now is starting to talk about how negative it was being in that in that office now you can do that when you turn around and you say all right I have five rings <laughs> so right, it's either yeah. you come here you play by my rules or you get out the sandbox yeah and that's just how he runs it but you know his five rings will make you suck it up and take it and there's a downside. We're yeah. seeing the Patriots a little bit, maybe not fully right now, but there's some crumbling going on there. Yeah, there's dysfunction. Yeah. Like there's that the upside to it. Yeah. You have that dynasty, but there's also a downside and we're starting to see some of that. Yeah. Oh, big time. And 
that's when you get into all these like different coaching philosophies. And certainly, like you know, Chip tried to create that here and didn't do that, uh, or didn't know how to do that either way. And it's and it's such a different vibe. And that's when you're talking about a player like Brandon Brooks to go through the things that he did and had the courage to go and talk about it with. You know, the anxiety issues in dealing in that environment with Bill O'Brien, yeah. who, by the way, hasn't won a damn thing by doing this and the and has only found success with Deshaun Watson being a fantastic quarterback. So, you know, he was even mentioning that to you, BLG. Like, yeah. what, what were the things that he was telling you about walking into that locker room from going from whatever it was, you know, the, the Pro Bowl awards and all that? that yeah, it up? was just like an environment where Kubiak was there and obviously they didn't have this massive success. They never got out of the divisional round when Kubiak was there, although Kubiak did go into the Broncos, and they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. With, so, I mean, you have to look at that, but Brooks was just saying it was it, it was miserable, and it didn't have to be. It was things like, yeah, they had these wall of Pro Bowl players, and they took it down. They had TVs on the cafeteria. They had to go off. It was like everything just... And then even he said they didn't literally always tell... Bill O'Brien didn't always tell players exactly what to say to the media, but he pretty much said just don't only speak... And like general cliches all the time, which is like, you know, sure, every just, day. it felt you can just like he, he felt like he couldn't be himself. I think that's what the players are trying to say. And then yeah. when you have a player like that and with Brandon Brooks, who's dealing with this anxiety already, it's just it, it makes it hard for him to even live what she said. This is why I almost retired. I would have too. I would have instantly retired. But it shouldn't get to it shouldn't have to get yeah. to that point. It shouldn't no. be like I know the NFL is hard, but it shouldn't be a point where like this guy, we know he can he has the talent. And he has the the work ethic and the mindset to get here, but it shouldn't be like let's force that guy out of the league because it's so miserable here. I think as a coach, man, you just want to create an environment where guys wake up every morning and they cannot wait yeah. to get into the facility. To go battle, and yeah. They can't wait to be around their guys. They can't wait because, like, like Lane was saying, that's cool if you have the rings, but it's the memories that that you that you fall back mm-hmm. on, and that's it. That's real. Like you know, as a player. That's what you miss. You miss the locker room. You miss the camaraderie. You miss the just being around the guys more than anything else. Now, I mean, I would have taken a Super Bowl ring. You know, <laughs> Certainly, I, would, yeah, you know, yeah. I would have loved to have that. You know, but you know, you do live. You know, you always go back to those memories that make you laugh, and you know, and it's always good when you see your guys and you get back around you guys because it takes you. You're back in the locker room again whenever you see each other. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll get more into that as we go along. Plus, we'll make some best bets for the Eagles season in honor of Delaware Park allowing actual NFL betting happening on Tuesday at 1.30. It's BGN Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio, 888-729-9494. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowden, Trey Thomas all with you this afternoon. And uh, I can't let this go uh, because Monday morning, one of our own BGN Radio faithful is going to head up to Reading, and it is officially time for Jack Fritz, host of the Counterpoint Podcast, which you are suppressing, which I am definitely suppressing, uh, is going to uh, a it gets the nine forty five a.m. start with the Reading Phillies. So he's going to throw the first pitch, and our uh, our own Sydney Webster is is letting me know that Jack is in fact going to wear cleats to the mound. Because the deal is, if you've been paying attention along, he has to hit 82 miles an hour. That yeah. was the bet. So if he doesn't hit 82 miles an hour, uh, he's got to be the uh, broccoli costume guy that runs around the field whenever they do that, like the fourth or fifth or seventh <laughs> inning stretch or whatever happens. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope there's video footage. And if he hits, I mean, I've been rooting for him all along, but 
you know, since we're having the suppression of uh, of Jack Fritz in our podcast, I hope he comes in at 81 and uh, just misses it. So that, that would make my day. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. 888-729-9494. <laughs> um, guys, we're talking about uh, best bets because uh, our good friends at, at Delaware Park are finally going to turn the switch and uh, and say it's it's time to go. Let's make some live NFL bets, which we'll, we'll definitely be a part of throughout the season. Uh BLG, what is your best bet for this Eagles team this year? Carson, lay one down. Carson Wentz will play Week One. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that is a best bet by this point. And, and after we've gotten only I, again, it's two looks, but it looks really good. He's still favoring the leg. I understand all that. People are going to try and be like, "Oh, he looks great. He looks whatever." He looks like he's on pace to get to there in the next couple of months. I don't think Trey agrees with that though. Yeah, I'm going best bet. <laughs> Foles is going to go play <laughs> wow. week one. There it is. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, I see. Well, and which which brings me back to this, because I'm on BG, uh, BLG's wavelength there. My best bet, Trey, yeah. Nick Foles doesn't start one football game this season. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I guarantee you he will. <laughs> I you think so? get, Yes, absolutely. You sure? Nick Foles gonna is going to start week one? It's not going to be Nate Sudfeld after Jeffrey Lurie was wearing Ooh, Nate Sudfeld's jersey last night at the really? softball game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to find that. Picture. So yeah, Shio Kapati, I think Jeffrey's wearing jerseys now. He well, was well, well for the softball, softball charity jersey. game. Yeah, but he had a Sudfeld okay. jersey on the back, which I thought was uh, you know. The that owner, doesn't matter. Owner can't get his own jersey. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so what weird, I'm thinking. Though. Yeah, why didn't Lurie have yeah. his own jersey? Yeah, it's I don't know. That is that's that's the yeah, weird thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a subtle. That's like yeah. right there. That's Brian Colangelo burner account move. It's just, <laughs> just you know, subtweeting in real life right there. Uh, but uh, congratulations, actually, Carson Wentz and those guys for putting on a hell of a performance. Yeah, five hundred twenty thousand dollars that he cut a check to to uh, Hope Haiti and all that, and I think uh, over. Over the entire weekend, the Eagles have raised to combine with what Carson has done over three million dollars. That's awesome for their charity event. So yeah, that's uh, it's phenomenal. I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with. Then uh, he has a food truck Russell. coming out that he's going to be doing. Is that right? right? Yeah, yeah. So by I'm, uh, Kingdom Crumb. By by, by Kingdom called. Crumb. Amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. This 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 is a a, a very you know a, a group of guys that are really just trying to change the world and it's just amazing and awesome to to watch and, and get behind these guys i think there's a lot of people that tend to use their faith as just that and carson's not that guy man i mean carson walks the walk no here. one on That's this team what, yeah. i mean yeah, yeah everybody, everybody too. you know yeah, they, yeah. they're all using this platform the right way yeah that's that's i mean i want to know more about that are they just Handing yeah. out food to people that to need the homeless, yeah, I Man. guess, yeah. or whatever, yeah. That's yeah. outstanding. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I think Thomas? I also heard that Ooh. they're going to be going around to colleges to distribute food because not everybody who's in school has enough money exactly. to oh, pay for cool. school and to get meals Man, on, on a regular great. basis. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Man, that's awesome. I love this team. What a great group. Of guys. <laughs> I know. I mean, you we know said what? that I, all last I, year, too. I just apologize all the time because I did not use my platform <laughs> the right way. I'm, I'm sorry. There's I was still very time. selfish as you a player. A, you got a big yeah. platform right now. I'm sorry. But you know what? That is just awesome that these guys are just – you know, do all, every it just seems like a lot of the guys on that team are really doing the right thing. Well, there's only one thing left to do, Trey. Uh, yes. You have to write a letter to every single person in the city. Yes, and apologize. I'm sorry. And then you know, I was extremely find, selfish find as a something player. You got to go and do buy <laughs> us all dinner. Yes, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Trey. What is what would you say is your best bet for this Eagles team this season? What's like a guarantee? This is gonna this is gonna happen. I'm, 
Foles is starting Foles week one. Well, that, was, that was it. Yeah, Man, we're going to have Foles this inner battle for a while. week one, and, and he's going to start towards the end as well. Because I think that once wow, I think that this really? team is going to do well, and they're going to uh, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they're going to wrap it up. Foles yeah, is going to come in, crew. or you know, clean up crew, let, let Sudfield get a little work. But I think that Foles is going to start week one. I think one of our other best bets that we had chatted about last night too, and I agree with this. This is a lock. I think this came from Vince Quinn. Eagles are winning the NFC East. Oh, yeah. That's the best of bestest yeah. bets, isn't let's, it? Let's take it a step further. Yeah. John. All right. I think uh, repeat. Repeat. Yeah. That's, that's my best, best bet. Best bet yeah. is the repeat. So, the repeat. wow, with, with Wentz and Toll, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and there'll be two uh, two rings that are happening there. Yeah. yeah I, I, why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, why not? Certainly go down uh, Tuesday, and, uh, you know, there's futures bets. There's. There's everything. There's baseball. You can. I can't believe it. It's it's like a new beacon of uh, of awesomeness happening at Delaware Park. We finally get to uh, the whole enchilada and can still do parlays on top of that, which is a lot of fun too. But uh, yeah, any uh, BLG? Any final thoughts before we roll down? We got Robin Tank coming in uh, after us. Uh, just your thoughts on this week and Brian Colangelo and all this other crazy stuff. Yeah, let's fire Brian Colangelo. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get that over with. Straight to the point. Uh, Trey, any final? And give his wife a gag order. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it. You know, you know, you can't talk. Yeah. Trey, any final thoughts as we're heading out here? Oh man, everybody enjoy yourselves. It's a beautiful day, man. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. weekend. You know, no, 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 no matter. Rain or shine. That's enjoy right. Enjoy your day. Moshe, have you uh, learned anything fun today? Uh have I learned anything fun? There's a caller that thinks that. Colangelo's wife has it out to get him. That's that was pretty <laughs> yeah, that ridiculous. Was, I think that was the uh, the kind of that the, was the, he the was cherry positive on top about everything thing. else except for Colangelo's wife. <laughs> yes, that's like yeah. Actually, and what what do we even know? I mean, if and honestly, if that was in in any uh, you know part of truth, like Brian would you, that would have come out by now. It's like yeah, uh, it was either this or that, and you know I'm I'm setting you up, and this is blackmail, and then it would have been. Uh, kind of a, a more interesting story moving on here. What I'll say is I'm really looking forward to uh, next week, especially with the Eagles. Uh, yeah, and again, as it progresses, it progresses even to you know that uh, mandatory mini camp that they have. Uh, I'm excited. I, I really do believe that this team uh, has uh, enough juice in the the culture that we you know we're discussing there with uh, Brandon and Lane and everybody else that it, it's that way again. The the any any sense of uh, of a, of a Super Bowl hangover is not there and it doesn't exist. Uh, and really, I'm really curious how we see the new wrinkles. I think the biggest thing for me getting to training camp year one to year two, which was uh, we didn't get to it, but you know, Doug Peterson was going through that that NFL Game Pass stuff with uh, with Jaws and all those guys. That was really really cool to see. Even got a gave a little nod to Chip Kelly and Deuce saying like, you know, we learned some things from those RPOs as you should. It's what smart coaches do is take things and concepts that work and then make them even better, which is what Peterson has actually done. I'm I'm really looking forward to Mike Grow year three and just kind of how this offense continues to evolve. That's that's the exciting part for me. So. Like I said, Robin Tanker coming in right now. We appreciate everyone listening. It's been BGN Radio for Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, Sue Schilling, and most behind the glass. I'm John Barchard right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.